Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Anita, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Everybody, Anita is going to sound so much better than me because I am in Hawaii and I have no mic. I just have my computer, so she sounds great and I don't. And no one cares but me because I'm an audio person, so the end. But wouldn't you trade sounding kind of not so great for being in Hawaii? That is a definite yes. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Have you seen any rainbows? Probably. Dolphins? Nope. Coconuts? So many. Moana? Actually, my friends live on a street named Moana. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Tell us all about it. When we landed from Australia, I booked a trip to Hawaii to see my friend and get away from my life. And here I am. And now I'm on my like fourth day of Adderall. So hopefully this trip helps me to have a better life. That's all. Um, but I stayed for a few days by myself in a hotel and explored and rested and grieved did the things and swam. And I just don't understand why permed mullets are back. I don't why? know. There's so many things I cannot explain in this world. So, so many. It's one of them. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. been good. I mean, how can you not love being in Hawaii? So, yeah, yeah, I've been here for several days and now I'm up on the North Shore. And today I took a skateboard lesson. So it's just like I'm back home, except for I have none of the drama. 
<laughs> oh, good, Mel. What about you? Um, ironically, I feel very trapped in my life right now, and I cannot leave it. And so I'm very tired. I'm very worn out. And uh, yeah, my daughter got her driver's license. So that's been great and terrifying all at once. She can just take herself places. But then I might text me when you leave. Text me when you get there. Let me know that you're safe. Please don't crash the car. Please don't run over any people. Don't text and drive. Don't text and drive. Yeah. It's terrifying. Remember last week how we totally forgot that there was a Zoom hang and then there was a Zoom hang, but it happened. Yay. Good job. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I didn't go because I was doing a race on Saturday. And you won. I didn't win. I wasn't even close. Okay. You guys, when I ask Anita if she won, she's like, no, I was the worst. And then she tells me the number she was, but then she goes, but I was first in my age category or something. So she really won. I won for the old ladies, I guess. But they didn't really like count that for this race. So it didn't matter. I was happy with my time though. Good. Like I felt like I was going to explode. So I, I know I did the best I could, even if it was not as fast as some other people. There was yeah. this kid running behind me the whole time. And eventually I was just like, who are you? And he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm so-and-so. I've never run this far in my entire life. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel real great. <laughs> You're keeping up with me. And he's like... I've never run this far. I don't run at all. It was funny. We ran up a mountain and then down a mountain. So like Liz and Aaron, like your definition of the worst idea in the entire world. We didn't just go up the mountain. We ran up the mountain. It was crazy, but the leaves are beautiful. So that's great. I feel like that guy though, he probably has like the most painful hip flexors now. I was wishing that upon him. I'm like, I hope his legs hurt so bad today. He was like, 19 so i mean of course they they haven't aged enough to realize that their bodies don't work yet yeah yeah um well we also last week spoke at a college yeah that was really i thought that went really really well we spoke to a social work um master of social work class that was specifically on grief counseling so i thought we had a really great discussion with them thank you for your input we were able to share all of your thoughts with them as well those that have no idea what we're talking about in the widow wives club, we asked what would be helpful to share what you wanted people to know about grief from the widow perspective. So that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. My phone is buzzing. Sorry. I've thrown oh. it across the room. It's okay. Uh, this weekend we have another uh, specific zoom hang about dating again. They uh, we did this last month, had a lot of great feedback from it. The people who participated didn't get to talk about everything. So they're going to do it again this weekend, which is October 15th. You can find all the details about that either in the Facebook group or on the app. It will tell you when, where, how, why. Thanks to David Kelly for heading that up again. So go to the events tab in Facebook and or like Anita said, the app in the calendar. Links are there. My dad's birthday is this week. Oh, happy birthday, Jemima. That's what I call Mel's dad. It was a funny joke once because we were going to try and get him to be on my volleyball team, (laughs) but it was for ladies only. So I was like, we'll give him a wig and call him Jemima. He wanted to do it too. He was a good setter. I know we needed him. Yes. Rest in peace, dad. I can tell that my mom is 
struggling a little bit with Mm-mm. the knowledge that that time is coming up. So yeah, yeah, Thanks. we all know how that goes. So eat a taco for Jim. Yeah, on October twelfth. If you guys want to keep the podcast going, will you consider checking out our Patreon? Patreon is a way for listeners to help support podcasts like this one. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. Things that you get if you join the Patreon are at the $10 level and up a shout out in episode and ad free episodes. But the levels range from five all the way up to 40. So there are options for everyone. So please consider joining if you would like to help other people hear the word of the widow. <laughs> the good word. Or the yes. sad word. I don't know. Or just the yeah, the widow word. The winnowing word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're gonna start with our Patreon shout out with our secret dead husband. And to her we say, A widow. Make way, make way. That's from Moana. What is that? Wondering. Oh, okay. From Moana. It's for it's in honor of you being in Hawaii. Oh. Um, next we have the person who has invited me to live in Sweden since my life is so disastrous, Constance Dahlbeck. David Kelly, Don Satterwhite, Emily Wesenberg, Gail Bell, Heather Mullins, Ivan the Meisner, Kat, Krista Waite, Maya Glasser, Neil Hooper, Sim, <laughs> Sam Finlayson, Sim, Sim Finlayson, Amber Vela, Amy Hartman Martell, Amy Neal, <gasps> Ashley Hahn. I have oh, your what? thing from Amy. Oh, yes. I saw her Thank today. you, Amy. Barbara Schneeberger. Brandy Younger. Brittany Pedro. Chris Steffen. Cindy Wilkerson. Danielle Ketterberg. Nada Debbie Downer. Dennis Brozzo. Jean Marie Massey. Jenny Taylor. Jennifer Beale. Jennifer Brown. Jenny Wang. Jesse Johnson. Carol Schultz. Kelly Ford. Kirsten Stromberg Clausen. Laura Aguirre Penner. Lauren Old. Lou Clausen. Auntie Marie Hoffman, who, by the way, I get to see in a few days at my gig at the Catalina Jazz Fest. Yes. Whoa. M.K. Anderson. Patricia Wiest. Rachel Barbosa. Sarah Morris. Simone. Foo. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Pity the Simone Fool. <laughs> Sunshine Haven. Sylvia Shore. Taylor Snyder. Karen Cornejo. Amy Burke. And Drennan. That was Anna a Tracy. Audrey Henniger. No, it's Henniger. Tiger, tiger, tiger. T- tiger. 
Jurger. Audrey Henniger. <laughs> really struggling. Gambato. Christine Anderson. Cindy Raynod. Connie Remich. Don Barber. Debbie Fells. Deborah Westwood. Diana Becker. Emily Toledo. Eric Vandermeulen. Aaron Posick. Gabe Lozano. Gia Benoit. Gina Haas. Ian Sini. Not the Hurricane. Ileana Bell. Jackie. My mom. A secret patron. Jennifer Davis. Jenny Armstrong. Jenny Barrow. Jocelyn Milo. Johnny Walker. Oh, welcome. Julie Stevenson. Karen Ochoa. Karina Jacobo Jabobo. <laughs> Kathy Murray. Katie Getz. Katie Radcliffe. Carascara. Kevin Ferry. Chris Morgan. Laura Keeley. Yeah. Lindsay Kanaka. Whatever. Lori Farrington. I love you, Lori Farrington. I know. I was like, poor Lori. Like, she's no, she... before her name is always like, ah. how about, yeah, Lori Farrington. Marjorie Lewis. Marianne Hammond. Marianne McDonald. Mary McGowan. Megan Montague. Melissa Bowers. Melissa Hancock. Naomi Brown. Rebecca Olemaker. Rebecca Zebra Zeba. <laughs> Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> Robin Flam. Stacy Saywert. Tammy Taravis. Tara Wallace. Judy Malkin. Trenton Thompson. <laughs> Dollywood Val Packer. And last but not least, surfboard Wendy. She wishes. No, she was there surfing here. with you. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You guys really do make a difference and we couldn't do it without you. If you would like to support the podcast but are not able to join Patreon, please consider buying us tacos at buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. And if neither of those things work, how about just giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? A nice rating and review really helps the podcast to be more visible to people when they're looking. Yep. That's it. The end. <laughs> if you guys want to come join us in the Widow Wives Club, it's our private Facebook group for people who have sustained romantic partner loss, aka widows, widowers, and the like. Just make sure you answer all the questions. It's a really great group. Yeah. Come join us in there. Okay, Mel. Should we do our episode? Let's do it. This is a good one, as usual. All right. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. We're two young widows. We're helping you figure out and helping us figure out. Widow. We do. Mel, do you want to introduce our very special guest? So, my friend, Courtney, piano player, we went all through college together. He was one of my musician friends. And then, separately, I had this other friend that I met. And her name is Jazzy. And they ended up being together. But I'm going to let her tell the story. So, unfortunately, Courtney has died. And Jazzy is one of us. So, this is, I believe, the first time of you fully telling your story, right? It is. Like, I, this is my first widow ever anything. I was telling you about it. Yeah, because you're like, <laughs> I do not want to associate with the word. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird thing. It's a, it's, a, I will try to explain it. So do you think that we should tell the people about the first time we ever met ever? Yeah, we have to, because it's like, we are meant to know each other in the most musical, magical, personal way. Okay. So can't wait. At the time, I was accompanying for some classes at the University of Utah. Uh, I had graduated, but I was just doing it kind of for a side job. And sometimes they would bring in former Broadway performers. Well, Miss Jazzy here has been in Hairspray in Mexico City for the Broadway wow. show. Yeah. Yes. And she was a former student of the teacher of the class. And so he's like, okay, she's going to come in and like, you're going to play a song for her. And and usually when this happens, like, I don't know what I'm going to play. They just come in and they're like, here, I have a book or do you know the song? And let's figure it out. Right. It's pretty instant. <laughs> so she comes in and we're like, hi, I'm Mel. Hi. Hi. I'm, I think you called yourself Jasmine. And yes. Then you're yes. Like, and we played the song. And as we were playing, I'm not kidding. We had this weird connection. <laughs> Like, we both got done with the song, and we looked at each other, and we're like, what just happened? Right? Where you've been my entire life. I was like, yes. what's going on? So we've always had this weird, like, cosmic connection. <laughs> yes. But like then... cosmic brownies? I guess so. Or... <laughs> yeah. And so... But the funny thing is that... And and Jazzy has told me since we're both Aries, like that this is normal. So we're kind of in and out of each other's mm -hmm. lives, but we're always we're always connected anyway. Yeah. Somehow. And so that's kind of been the pattern of our lives together. Well, anyway, that's how we initially met. And yes. then I found out later that she was dating Courtney. Yes. Like I, so I told excited. you I was dating Courtney when you invited me to your wedding with scott yes yeah for to scott yes and i was like uh i'm coming with someone else but i'm secretly dating someone you know what <laughs> this sounds scandalous can we back scandalous. can we back up though jazzy like because i'm somebody who doesn't know i'm a gemini <laughs> so we're not connected like you and mel are connected but like where where are you from where did you grow up like who are like, you like what it's going on yes. okay um i'm dominican i was born in the dominican republic and and i moved to salt lake when i was 17 uh long time ago <laughs> and um I've been here, I've been a singer, actor, songwriter my entire life since my first performance was when I was three. Oh, so wow. yeah, this is what I've done my entire life. I lived in, in Mexico City. I've done musical things my entire life. <laughs> Excellent. And she's also no stranger to death before no. this, correct? When I was nine years old, I I went to wake up my dad and I realized he was dead. Oh gosh. So it was my first encounter with death and having to to process um being away with from someone so important for me. Uh I was the the youngest of seven, the only girl of my dad, you know, so and and it was like and 
my musical connection, my mentor musically was my dad. And it was like, what do I do now? And I was surrounded by adults that were not emotionally intelligent at all. And, and I had to, to figure out, I'm, I'm, I became very proud of it, you know, like very proud of what I accomplished as a person, like navigating through the journey of grief at such a young age, kind of on my own. So yes. Um, but it's not easy now. Like it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole new different thing. So. so you moved here when you were 17. And then did you learn to speak English at 17 or had you already started learning English? Well, it's a whole thing because I went to bilingual school on my elementary, during my elementary. And then I went to normal school and then I went to after school English after school for four years so when I moved here I was really good on on my grammar and reading and and all this stuff but I couldn't understand a thing like people would talk to me and I'd be like and I still can't understand <laughs> I still don't know what's going on I'm just here but you, you could know? be like I would like to purchase the yellow jacket at this store please <laughs> You know, like when I moved to Utah, people be like, uh, howdy. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so funny. Were you in central Utah? <laughs> you know, howdy? Like, I don't know. Is that a character? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you and Courtney meet? Okay. I was on in a crazy, devastating, scary relationship. You know, I was with this, let's call him, uh, I'm well, we can't call him. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I don't even uh, mention his name. But um, I was in a very tormented uh, relationship. And, and at the same time, I was part of this Motown show in town. And, and I remember that I told the producers of the show, hey, look, no offense. I love this Motown show, but we need black musicians. <laughs> we can't have white musicians. We need black musicians. And they were like, okay, so let's take a break, you know? And we took a break for a month. And then they called us to rehearse again. And I'm driving with my tormented guy. We're fighting fist fighting in the car like he's spitting on my face yeah he's spitting on my face he's pulling my oh. hair he's trying to choke me while he's driving and I'm trying to defend myself and it's I'm screaming and and then we made it to rehearsal and I'm like ah! and I scream <laughs> and I get out of the car slam the door and I wipe my tears I deep breathe like deep and I walked into rehearsal that it was in a church. <laughs> it was a house turning to church or a church turning to house. So as I'm walking in, I hear this music and I'm like, Ooh, this music is different. You know, like it's something different. It's live music and it feels different. And the producers like meet me at the door and I'm like still like 
with all this emotion, but then now I'm like switching to music, you know, and they're like, Jazzy, I found you your black band. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be kind of hard in Utah. Exactly. Good job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I found you your black band. And I, <laughs> I walked in and I see like all these black angels playing Motown and this black, beautiful guy playing like it was a mixture of Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and, and Prince at the same time. And he was playing the piano and singing at the same time. And I'm like, what's going on? So that's the first time I saw Courtney. That guy was Courtney on the piano. And I, I was definitely mesmerized the moment I saw him. And, but then people started like talking around and they're like, he's jazzy, like he's mesmerized by you. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's never been this way. Like he's, he's very, he's a jerk and he's not a jerk <gasps> with you. <laughs> And was like, he a jerk or was he a diva? Both. <laughs> okay. Can I say something? Feel free to slap me. You know what I'm going to say. So Courtney and I went to school together and he is like the most gifted person musically, I swear, that has walked the earth. No joke. And he knew it too. Yeah. And I mean, great. Own it. Um, but it was so funny going to school with him because I was doing jazz and I had just started in college. And so like, I'm this white girl that like grew up classically and I didn't know anything. And then here's Courtney who grew up playing in church and like his, his deficiency was in reading notes and mine was, that was my strength. So we kind of were this funny, um, odd couple of piano players and we would be in the same big band class, like jazz band class. And he would always say the weirdest things to me. And I was like, he's so mean, like what is wrong with him? And then later I just realized that he is also genius level too. And so he just said like what would come to his mouth and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Cool. We're cool. But, but it was funny because I started then being like, oh, okay, you're making fun of like how I suck. I'm going to give you the music that has all the notes written out on it so that you have to learn to read notes. So we kind of were like yeah. playfully like each other's like nemesis at school, but he was just like everybody was like Courtney 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 yeah so um but yeah so when they got together it was like she's cracked the code yes yes because to me he was he was very careful with me and um very soft and and very understanding at the same time I'm very nerdy so like by the time, like even on rehearsals, you know, like I will know my thing, you know, and make sure because he was a musical director. So I, I knew he, how he was with everyone else. And I was like, no, I don't want you to be like that with me. I'm going to be the nerd of this thing. So I guess it also connected. But we worked together for a year and we wouldn't really talk to each other. We were too shy. I was in this tormented relationship. I was not going to get involved emotionally or giving hopes to my heart or anything. So I kind of ran away from him the entire time until the end of this year and that I was taking piano lessons with him. I was like, okay, give me some piano lessons. And on my second piano lesson, I told him, look, I'm going to pay you for the for my third lesson because I already booked it. 
but I'm quitting music and I am never going to see you again. What? I didn't know this. Yes. So what? he's like, oh, whoa. But by this point, like the classes were even hard for me anyway, because he will be close to me and my hands will be shaking in the piano. And <laughs> I'll be like, he'd be behind me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he was nervous too, sweating every Yes, like so yeah. weird, you know, and but I was I was dealing with so much more at home, you know, so I needed to just focus in myself and I quit it and for a year we didn't communicate and I focus on on me on si in silence and and breaking up that relationship because three weeks after I said that to him I broke off the relationship and ran to Mexico and for two months and re started recovering you know so when I came back I wrote a note with all the things that I wanted in a guy. And for the first time I said, I want a musician because I've never dated a musician. So I put a musician. I want someone who's smarter than me because I'm, I'm a smart ass <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, someone who's spiritual, like so many things. And I put it inside of my pillow and that um, stayed there for almost a year until I got snapchat and my only follower was courtney and that's when everything started so this took kind of a long time like yes. that sounds it was like three years before you guys actually started to be a thing mm -hmm. yes that's that's yeah. some patience that's not very good for a rom-com either <laughs> no too long no and actually once we were together like it was evident why it took so long and why it needed to be the steps that it needed to be like we were like okay we're soulmates so we were willing to wait we were mm -hmm. willing to have the sacrifices and to heal into whatever version of ourselves we wanted to share with each other you know so like it was a very spiritual message behind that that we or, or at least we took it as a very spiritual message behind it, you know? So yeah, mm. totally. So here's the thing that's interesting. So <laughs> on Facebook, I remember like, and we'll get to Courtney's story on how he died, but, um, but fast forward for a second to when he died and I got on Facebook to message you. And the last thing that we had messaged because we had exchanged phone numbers by then but the last thing that like was on our Facebook messenger was from a couple of years before and it was you saying I'm gonna bring somebody and nobody knows that I'm dating somebody it's been a secret but I'm gonna t tell you because you know who it is and you know who him really well <laughs> and that's when you told me that it was Courtney and I was so stoked because Courtney was gonna come and like play at my <laughs> wedding too and I was like what and it made so much sense and it, it's true like you know you meet you meet couples and you know some people you're like okay cool like I don't know how you guys got together and some people are it's just kind of you know neutral and then you have couples where you're like exactly that was meant to happen mm -hmm. and that's how Jazzy and Courtney were mm -hmm. so I was super excited that that was happening and that <laughs> you guys got together and that you were making your public debut at my wedding. <laughs> Actually we didn't <laughs> we didn't we were like 
don't <laughs> talk to me too close. I don't want it. This is full of musicians. I don't want anyone to know this. We dated for an entire year um, before people started speculating, but like we, they, we just needed to be like so sure, not between us, but that we were able to fight whatever ideas or comments anyone could have about us being together, you know? So yeah, we were like, you knew, but yes, nobody. Yeah. Knew. So what year did you guys start being an official couple? Oh my God. I'm so well, bad at I got at married it. in 2015. You got married in 2015. So yeah. 2016. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. So, so from my wedding, it was still a year. Yes. To, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell us how things progressed after that. It was, it was perfect. It was like exactly what I was expecting and wanting and even more in a relationship and as me growing as a person and as a musician and as a human and as a spiritual human and in so many different levels you know like we were able to I felt like for the first time that I was able to conquer anything I wanted in my life you know like all the hardships that I went through I was like okay I, I, I was dating a very tormented relationship oh okay my my dad died okay because everything got me here yeah Everything okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about anything anymore because everything got me here. I got the best of all the worlds, you know. So, so did you guys um, get engaged? Did you get married? Were you just? No, I shouldn't say just. Were you living together? Like, what was your status? We were living together. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, we definitely wanted to get married this year was going to be the year that we wanted to get married mm. um we already like we pretty much only needed like the ring which i don't really care you know like everything was leading to that um conversations and eventually like i never wanted to have kids and because I'm like, I'm too selfish. <laughs> <laughs> she cannot help you with babysitting, Anita. We'll still Do you have any have dogs? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, wait a minute. With him, it's a, it's a whole nother thing. Actually, my other couples always, always told me like, no, Jazzy, like you're, you cannot be a mom. Or... <laughs> <laughs> or if you are no don't worry I, I will help you you know and I'm like okay oh, at least someone wants to take care of the kid but with Courtney it was different because he told me of course you can and I was like wait what I'm like of course of course of course I can he's like you're, you're so you're so caring and you love so much and you have so much wisdom and you make everything happen like why you can make that happen if you want to you can i cried for two days when he Aww. said that to me because he validated like my womanhood you know and my choice 
mm-hmm. my choice. Um, oh, I love that. So yeah, on that, we changed the whole thing. And I was like, oh no. So actually we're having kids because I need your <laughs> kids. And, but yeah, we didn't have kids. So you and Courtney were not only partners, but you were creative partners. Yes. So tell us about what you guys had been doing. Um, Everything. Like we, when we met artistically, we have, we had sacrificed so much of our creative mind and process to other projects that I was like, wait, but what two creative people are doing together if they're not going to create something more than love, you know? Um, what if we create musical notes and stories and and do a whole twist? So we created a band, a cover band that is called The Mix. And it was a jazz fusion, Latin, whatever band. And we started playing around and then I started writing music and he started producing my music and then I was like, so now is your turn. You need to start producing your music. And he's he wrote an entire album during the quarantine. And and yeah, we were releasing and playing around and doing concerts and performing and coming home at midnight and me cooking for him so he could take it to gigs. And then the rice cooker is going, let's write some stuff. <laughs> you know, like having just the normal music slash uh, personal life balance that worked perfectly for us and and all that. Later, I found out that everything, he had mo- more of that planned because he wrote an entire list of goals of things that he wanted for both of us and for our music and and the order it was going to happen which is very helpful now this makes me so sad because i know where we're going from here and i'm just like rude because you guys were like magical together oh it's not okay so walk us through what happened (laughs) oh um Courtney got COVID and I didn't, which we lived in a studio apartment with no doors, only the bathroom. So I, till this day, I haven't gotten COVID, but yes. You're a superhuman. You're one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, oh, but um, he got COVID and I, I, we stayed together. We did everything together. We slept in the same bed. Like everything was just normal. I was like, I ain't leaving. We're staying here and I just take care of you. That's all I do. So I took care of him and everything. Then he started feeling better. And then one day he was just not feeling that much better. And... And I had to take him to the hospital and, and of course it's COVID and I'm not allowed and, and all this stuff. And, and I was like, babe, like, cause he came, he walked in walking, like he walked in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, babe, like, as soon as you get a room, you know, like you need to, 
let me know that you got your room. I'm going to be waiting for you in the parking lot. I ain't moving, you know? And he's like, yeah, I love you. And he left. And I called and called and called and called. I got kicked out of the lobby. <laughs> Don't mess with her. <laughs> you know, I got kicked out of the lobby and at the same time, I was like, OK, so let me use the bathroom. And then from the bathroom, I was trying to figure out how the hell I was going to like go through the <laughs> the vents. The vents. <laughs> it's going to like be like Mission Impossible. <laughs> Jazzy finds Courtney. Yeah, because I'm like, where is he? You know, and it doesn't matter like what happens. His phone, he's always with his phone. Like his phone is his life. And I'm like, what's going on? So, yeah, I couldn't communicate with him. I stayed, that was like at one in the morning and I stayed in the parking lot until like 6.30 in the morning when I talked, finally talked to the nurse and they said, hey, um, he's he's okay. His blood pressure is just going too high. So I'm just going to keep him here but he he looks stable and I'm like stable okay, can I talk to him can you tell him to call me and oh yes I will tell him to call you but you better just go home because you've just been out there for too long and I'm like yeah okay so I drove home and by the time I made it home he was unconscious and he had a stroke and then he was on a ventilator and then he needs to be disconnected and how did you find this out did they call you or did they call his mom the thing as soon as i made it home of course i called his mom from the moment i called his mom the only um updates i had about this was with his mom so i i stopped having updates from the hospital um it's uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm not a widow, <laughs> because I I just don't don't have access to anything. Because you guys weren't married, you don't have we weren't legal married access. Yes. So and that's one thing about that we talk about on this show is people who have sustained partner loss. We call them widows, but sometimes people don't identify with it if they didn't have the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did you feel like you were less valid oh, to other people? Totally. Because of that? To- yeah. Like it's like um, I took him there from my home. You know, we it's it's our home. We're together. I, we are a family regardless. And which brings a lot of flashbacks because my dad wasn't married to my mom. Oh man. When he pa- when of course when he passed away. So for me it was like all oh, this is a whole circle uh karmatic circle that you know that it's it's a whole another thing that I'm also working on. Oh, thank God therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we I think that there's going to be a new policy and I'm just making this up right now on the fly so it might have some, you know, kinks to be worked out but wherever the person's underwear lives i think that's where their like ownership is 
Does that make sense? Like if his underwear lived at your house, then he was yours. If his underwear was at his mom's house, then it's then it's her responsibility. I so decree it. Let it be. Written. I totally I totally agree with that. You know, because instant from the moment, and we can go there later. But from the moment Courtney died, I completely lost access to anything in the future of anything we had, and including even his bank accounts and the 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 access and the plans that we had or not with his money or my money or our money or our whereabouts so yes how old was how old was courtney when he died 37 yeah see 37 year olds don't generally have plans for their death either so you know wills or trusts or things like that and so it's just kind of throwing it up and seeing where it lands and hoping hoping that the person they want to be taken care of gets taken care of. And in our system right now, that's not really how it, how it works. It's so that not sucks for you. Um, it does. He did. He did. Uh, Courtney turned, um, he turned 37. Now I'm confused. Like, was it 37 or 38? <laughs> I think that he, <laughs> what year I'm was so he born? 83. So I think he was 38. Okay, he turned. Thank you. Because I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> That's widow brain right there. See, you're a widow. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Which is super crazy. Uh, He did. He turned 38 December 30th. And right before his birthday, he was able to receive some financial access uh and he put me in case of an oh. emergency to do okay. that but i'm i'm still not a widow so i didn't get the benefits from that <laughs> so jazzy so so backing up a little bit you you were desperate to find him and see him and you couldn't see him so you went home and then you got communication from his mom and then all of a sudden he went from just being a dude with COVID going into the hospital that walked himself in to now you have to take him off the ventilator. So, so tell us what happened next. Well, what happened next is okay, Jazzy, you're going to go and, and see him before he gets disconnected, which is surreal, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go and disconnect my men. So I walked in, but it's COVID. But at the same time, I'm like, I've been locked in a studio apartment with this guy for <laughs> the entire lockdown, whatever. So <laughs> by the time they, I see him and he's laying on the bed. I'm holding his keyboard, you know, like a meaty keyboard, a tiny keyboard. You took I'm like, it with you? Yes. I'm like, you need to put your hands on the keyboard to That's remember, so you know? Funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know this part. That's and I had my cell phone on cue and my mom, which I don't have the greatest relationship with my mom, but she was there. I was like, OK, if you're going to be here, you better just do something about it. So I'm like, you record because <laughs> in case he wakes up, I need I need proof if he moves anything. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, you're just like not thinking normal. So <laughs> I'm like with the keyboard and he's Prince song on cue on my cell phone. <laughs> Him singing it. 
And I'm like, Purple Rain. And um, the, the nurse, she's like, okay, I'm gonna stay here. Who does that? Like, stand here and looking at this glass door, looking at my mem laying there, stand here while I go and look, the ge look for the gear you have to wear, the COVID gear. As soon as that lady turned, I opened my doors, I climb on the bed, put the, 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 the blanket on, and I started opening his eyes. I'm like, babe, come on, play the piano. And I put the keyboard and I played the thing. And I'm like, come on, what are you doing? It's me and moving his legs and moving everything. And until I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> They threw you out because you didn't put on the hazmat stuff and you were on top of him on the bed yeah and then they, okay i'm like okay whatever and they put my thing they put it on and i'm like okay i go back i get under the covers again i start moving him again <laughs> as soon as <laughs> i'm like what what this is my man you know like i'm moving him checking everything i'm like babe come on and i'm singing and i'm telling him and i'm like my mom is in shock like she's on one corner of the room like what it's going on and i'm like i don't care i don't care and as soon as the nurses and people would turn i don't know how i had this you know like sharpness like they would turn i would take off my thing again and i'm like kiss him and make out with him and tell him like come on you are not doing this but it was too late so Jazzy went a little psycho yes. and was trying to get Courtney to stop being an idiot and stop being almost dead, but it didn't work. You know what? And I don't regret it one thing because then I would have, me knowing me, I would have just like stayed with this in my mind why I didn't try to wake him yeah. up, you know, like what if, but I needed to make sure that he was gone. Before I would I allow these people to let him go. Like I needed I needed complete proof. And the only person that was able to give me the proof of the truth was him. Mm. So when I saw his eyes and I saw they were gone, I I he's gone, you know, but I needed to to try as much as I could. And he knew and everybody like if you know uh, I was going to make him live or make sure he was completely gone. Yeah. You know, he didn't sense. wake up to all that stuff. Like <laughs> he wasn't going to wake up for sure. <laughs> so unfortunately, you know, the life now of partner loss. Yes. And, <laughs> and oh my gosh, I, I played for Courtney's funeral. And I remember the first time that I saw you and I just was like, I hate it. I hate it so much when anybody becomes a widow, but it reminded me also of that time when we first connected yeah and i we felt that connection and i was like you've got to be kidding this is part of it us being widows together it was so crazy because once this happened the i think the second message i sent is it was mel and i'm like what do we do <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what do i do like you've been asking like what's going on she's like If I'm so grateful, I, yeah, 
It's okay. You can cry. It's good. Like, I'm so grateful I got you on this side of the widowhood. But like, come on, it's it sucks. But yes, because I was completely lost. Because I I only knew what to do when you lose your dad, but not when you lose your man and your yeah. soulmate and your music partner and your everything. We created a bubble for us and no one was able to get in that. And we were so protective of it and so much that it's crazy. Like it took me, him not being here to actually see the outside world. And it sucks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, you keep saying I'm not a widow. Are you... Do you have a hard time identifying with that word yourself? Or are you saying that because society doesn't put you in that category? I know a lot of people who are like, I don't want to be called a widow. Like, I don't like that word. Is it that you don't like the word association? Or is it like you're kind of saying it like nobody gives me this sort of credit. And so I'm going to say I'm not a widow. I think there is some of that. Um, I, through this process, I have this covered how really lonely this uh, grieving process is uh, and especially facing that reality that I don't have the actual even compassion or co type of conversation you know like um, I don't know like sometimes the title widow it, it creates a little bit of respect even from other people or or from even family or or your point of view being accepted or not you know there is one part of that there is another part that it's like I say it's not gone all the way you know like that was his physical part that I let him go I'm like okay you don't see I don't see <laughs> you ain't leaving you know, like you staying and you're staying right here with me. So we're still dating. We're still having. <laughs> you're still having a baby with him. We're still Somehow having a baby. I will be the first one, like a modern Mary, Black Mary. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those. I feel like it, we're due. So um, I write to Isaiah every single day since day number one. Wait, 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 wait. Courtney is Isaiah, yes, same person. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney Isaiah. That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes I call him Courtney. Sometimes Isaiah. It's the same person. I'm not, I don't have two dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> dead people. <laughs> but yes, there is a mixture of that. Um, also, the widow and the blackness of widow and the, the, um, darkness that it's always put on it and the lifelessness that people bring into the widowhood I'm like okay so I don't want you to look at me and think of death I want you to look at me and and think of life so th there is a whole bunch of things that go around my head <laughs> so yeah that's why I, I'm not a widow <laughs> and it's interesting too because you and I talk a lot <laughs> and and somebody listening to this would be they would hear what you just said and and when you said i don't want people to think of me as death i want them to think of me as life 
And so much of our conversations are about death and how things have changed and how everything is stupid and this and that and how you're we're trying to live. And and I think it's such a unique position to be in as somebody who has lost their partner. And especially for you, Jazzy, that you've lost your creative partner too, because literally your job and your creative outlet and your person were all in the same boat. You are having to come back from all of the death. Yeah. To live. And that's hard. Even just one of the things is hard. So how have you been finding your creativity since he's died? Um, first, I've been doing music and being a creative person since a very young age. So for me, singing, performing, entertaining, it's like my first language, you know? So for me, it was the most important thing to to try to stay as close as I could from that. That's why I was like, for example, Mel performed on my first gig after uh, Isaiah passed. That was like a month after he passed away. And I performed on his memorial concerts. And it's it was something very hard for me to do, but I needed to to see it for myself if I still got it, you know, if I was still willing to to keep going. Okay, because if I was done, I needed to figure it out soon. I, I didn't have time, you know, so I needed to figure me out and and I needed to perform and I pushed me into very hard, not recommended <laughs> roads to be able to perform, but, but I, I, I was able to see me and to see my strength. So once I figured that out, I just hold held on to my creativity and onto Isaiah and our purpose and what he wasn't able to do. That's why I see it as life, you know, because I'm like, okay, oh, oh, you're dead. I'm I'm still alive for both of us, you know, like. Oh, you can't play the piano. I play. I play all of your music. <laughs> Everyone will Those hear three you. Lessons were enough. She <laughs> learned all she needed to know. You know, lessons. like your piano, everything <laughs> from your three lessons. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I think that has been one of the most um, important things for me, and really really focus on what i found that was my passion what i found that had slight spark in me in the midst of darkness and and ugliness and mud i needed to find what was sparkly inside of me um because i really felt like you know like i i still i still feel it like i lost it all you know like i'm i have nothing and but every day, somehow, because of that little sh tiny spark, I wake up and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I think I'm saving my life. You know, like, oh, I saved my life again today. Oh, okay. So let's let's keep on the spark. Also, Isaiah was very specific on the notes and goals that he wanted. And <laughs> I have stuff to do. <laughs> Good thing you found that list and finally got access into his computer. 
Well, let me tell you how I got access into his computer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Mission Impossible number two. Okay, the reason why I couldn't get a hold of Isaiah in the hospital when I took him over there, I found out later. So everything happened. I took him to a hospital on a Saturday. Um, he, I found out what happened on a Monday. By this time, I wasn't home. I was with my sister because I couldn't be home. And by Wednesday, it was snowing, but one, by Wednesday, I come back to my house and I park where his car was parked. That that's the car we took to the hospital. The snow has melted. I look on the, is it the gutter? Like the, the sides of the, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I look down and I see something black and it was his cell phone. Oh, he dropped it. He dropped it there and I grabbed his cell phone. But that Saturday before everything went down in the morning, I had a class that I needed to teach and my computer wasn't working. So he let me use his iPad and he gave me the passcode of his iPad. And then I found his cell phone and I'm like, what if it's the same code? And I entered turn on the phone that is being under snow for two days and turn on the phone and plug the phone and works and enter the passcode. And yes, the passcode, that was the passcode. So I was able to access, to have access to his iPad and his cell phone, which had the list of the things that we needed to do, but we still, I still didn't have access to his, to our projects, our musical projects that were on his computer. So that took me about five months to figure it out until one day I was like, this is the passcode for his computer. It just came to you like- Yes. Like, you I think, think he gave it he to gave me. It to yeah. <laughs> he gives wow. me, you, he gives me everything. I ask him and I'm like, babe, what, what do I, on our journals, babe, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. and he will manifest his way to let me know. Just like that passcode, I figured it out. And yes, it was the passcode. It's been what, a year and a half? A year and a half. It's not very long. It feels like forever, but it's not very long. How are you coping these days? What is keeping you going? Music. Music. Uh, focusing on putting our story out there. I say his story out there, his goals, his melodies, the strategy of how I'm going to figure it out. Um, that it's music. He started music when he was three. I started music when I was three. It's our life. He performed a week after his dad passed away. I performed after like it's music. It's our motor and is what heals people too. And it's a elevated form of magic that I want to be connected to that all the time. And if I can share it and sacrifice my heart and my grief for the sake of music. Anyway, I've been doing it since I'm three. So do you have like a YouTube channel? Like how, how can people see you and like witness your magic? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I have Jazzy Olivo everywhere. Jazzy Olivo music, 
YouTube and and Instagram and TikTok and I'm always making videos and music and sarcasm and weird <laughs> humor and yeah. You know what? Um, and again, we, you and I were talking the other day, Jazzy, because um, I was complaining about TikTok because I can't deal with it. But you were saying that you don't necessarily need to be one of those people that performs night after night after night after night after night on stage just for the sake of it. Like you want it to to mesh with your purpose and what you want to do. And TikTok is a platform that you found where you've been able to be in your grief and be in your like kind of decimation, but still reach people. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you could tell people about the experience that you had recently where you were able to help others on TikTok with this grief stuff or with finding confidence and, and keeping on going. You know what? It's been crazy because I started um, posting things on TikTok especially because it's a it was a platform that people didn't know me and I was running away from people I know because <laughs> I couldn't deal with it during my grief so TikTok was able to give me that unknown um, stage and audience that I could just be me and and start throwing ideas on me but the more you do it, the more you start finding very interesting people that somehow matches with your mindset. Like the other day I started expressing how much I'm dating my boyfriend <laughs> and how much I'm dating him and he's not here. And we communicate and we go on dates, you know, like we drink wine and watch movies together or we go <laughs> like I dress for him in and find things that I know he's going to like. And then I take myself on a restaurant and have a nice meal with him, you know, and I write my journal while I'm there and talk to him or, or something. And then some people that they were like, Oh, Jazzy, like, thank you so much. You know, like, cause I feel like this too, but I'm, I'm a little weird to express it and to say that I'm dating a dead person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why not? You know, like some people date anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Why you're not going to date someone who died, but you know. So <laughs> I do think that's interesting because if you took that to Hollywood or you took that to maybe conventional wisdom yeah. about grief they would say things like oh she's not moving on oh she's stuck in her grief oh she's gone crazy mm -hmm. because she's not in reality so I think it's kind of refreshing that you just own it and you're like no this is what I want to do and it doesn't mean I'm stuck and it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with me this is how I want to deal with my grief and this yeah. is how I want to deal with my relationship because even though Courtney slash Isaiah <laughs> is dead your relationship with him is not dead it's so not and he actually makes it a little impossible. And I know this is like, we're still saying things are hard to believe, <laughs> but I know it's my reality. But um, Courtney and I had very deep conversations about what would have happened in, in, in case of him being gone and, and what are we going to do? And I will always tell him, like, I will die with you, of course, you know, like <laughs> getting there with you. And 
He's like, but what if we can? And I'm like, okay, so you you reach out and I will reach out and you need to let me know and I need to let you know and we need to communicate and that's the way it has to be because we're soulmates and all this stuff. And through this year and a half, he's been very strange the way he's been communicating, but he's very specific and is is very cool but <laughs> he does communicate he sends me messages uh either to me myself or through animals through other people through mail <laughs> i just wasn't sure if i could say it. you can say it you guys i have had several of the strangest dreams with courtney in them that are very specific and I'll tell Jazzy about them in the morning. And I'm just like, these are so weird. Like, maybe I'm, I'm just thinking about them or something. And every time, it's something that's so weirdly specific. And I can't believe it. So, but I'm also not surprised that somebody whose essence is that creative is able to do that. I mean, weird stuff. Like, I don't even know if you want to share any of them. Well, like, for example, but... our first show, I was like, I don't know. This is so hard. He's the first show. He's not going to be here. And of course, Mel is there. But then Mel, she has a dream about being locked in a bathroom of a place that she's never been before or something, which our gig is going to be there. But then... Courtney is the one who's playing on stage and she's seen Courtney from the outside, but then it was a very weird thing. And then <laughs> we go to our performance and reality is that our last live performance before we were in lockdown was at this venue. And one, one of my band members got locked in the bathroom, just like in the bathroom looked just like, the one in Mel's dream and Mel has never been there before. And it was right before our concert and it was like, what's going on? So that's how it started kind of, you know, and now it's just like even little messages, you know, like, should I use this song or should I marks that he has on his fingers and why they mean this and why they mean that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's him or yeah, we had like this I had, conversation i had a really strange one where courtney and i were somewhere like at some club or something and we were just crossing paths and he was like mel look at this thing on my thumb and i was like you are so weird whatever <laughs> and then that was the end of the dream right and so then i just was like guess what i had this funny dream haha and apparently he actually did have a thing on his thumb that he would do the piano glissando on and you would make fun of it all the time right it was like a big like well, Alice. prior to no that, idea. prior to that, I was telling, hey, if it's you that is communicating with Mel, you need to let let me know something that only us know, you know. So I've been writing this on the journals and then Mel is like, oh, that this and I'm like, oh, I will spend longer times massaging this finger the thumb because he will do this thing with the piano and I will make fun of it and I will call it my baby thumb because it was the one that had a callus in there so but nobody knew this 
I didn't know that. But then, she, yeah. So we've had weird stuff like that yeah. happen. So it's like, thanks, Courtney. Scott never haunts me, but Courtney haunts me for Jazzy. So you know what? Yeah. At least somebody's doing it. Yeah. And he well, knows that I can't dream. I don't remember my dreams. So he uses other people. Oh, man. <laughs> that Courtney. Well, Jazzy, it's been so good to talk to you today thanks for being here with us even though you say you're not a widow but i gave you a widow card so like you you have to be one of us and i just want everyone to know that i wanted jazzy to roller skate with us and she's like i don't roller skate but i used to rollerblade and i was called the terror of the streets in the dr so we now have a rollerblader in our crew yes Uh, which I'm not the terror of the streets anymore. I think 20 <laughs> years on my body, it's, it makes a difference. And now I'm all wiggly and scary. And uh, <laughs> yes, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you for having me, guys, and and for having me in this widow corner of the podcast world. <laughs> You are welcome. And we'll link to all of your things in the show notes so that people can listen to your music. Yes. But before we are done, Anita has a question to ask you. It's the most important. Yes. Ever. All right, Jazzy. The question is, what is your favorite cheese? My favorite cheese? Yes. My favorite cheese is blue cheese. Oh, that's that's a polarizing cheese. Yes. Do you like it plain or just like on salads? I or like what? it on like everything. Cracker. I use oh. it on everything, you know, like now I, I know why they call you the terror of the streets. <laughs> I like bitter, weird flavors and blue mm-hmm. cheese. It gives me that like I put it on crackers, on on sandwiches, yeah. on uh, anything, on anything. Jazzy's a stinky. She's a stinky, a stinky cheese. I'm lover. a stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Jazzy, thank you so much for joining us. I've had the pleasure of watching Jazzy perform once and uh, even just talking to you, you can just, you just do have a sparkle about you and like a way that just draws people in. So it's been really fun to chat with you. And I think other people will feel that when they listen to this and I hope they go and find you on the TikTok and the (laughs) YouTube and all of the places online so they can experience um, a little bit of your talents also. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Make sure you check out the Widow Wives Club if you want to have interaction with other people who are widows and widowers and people who have sustained partner loss just like you. Make sure you answer all the questions. Helps us to keep the group safe. If you want to keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. If you'd like to buy us tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. And until we talk to you again, I'm Anita. I'm Mel. I'm Jazzy. And we are two young widows and somebody who is not quite calling herself a widow, but we're counting her as a widow. She's on the fence. Yeah. And we're all just trying to figure out widow. We do now. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks, and so you don't have to pay extra for that, and you still get great service. Yep, Anita and I have traveled 
all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.